Hi church. In 1958, there was a man who lived in a small town in Pennsylvania, USA. He felt that God was calling him to go to New York. He had never set foot in a city before, nor had he any desire to do so. But that all changed when he began committing his evenings to prayer. And one evening while praying, his attention was drawn to a magazine. And on the front of the magazine were seven teenagers who were about to be sentenced for killing another teenager in a gang fight. And despite his reservations and doubts about going to New York and people telling him that these young boys and girls are unreachable, he went. And over the next few months, he traveled once a week for eight hours on a weekly basis into the city, wandering the streets of New York, looking for young people to share the gospel with. And then three years later, David Wilkinson founded Teen Challenge, a charity that supports and helps young people caught in addictions. And today, his work that he started in 1958 still carries on all around the world. And in 2019 alone, nearly 3,000 people were baptised. You know, we're looking at the account from Acts 10 and 11, and it's a similar story in many ways. A story about Peter and how he eventually responds to God's calling on his life. And I want us to look at four points. The importance of stopping to pray, the importance of saying, yes, Lord, the importance of not hesitating, and the importance of sharing the gospel. Acts chapter 11, verses 4 to 18. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheep being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told them to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave him the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they had heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles God has granted repentance that leads to life. 
The church began in Jerusalem with 120 Jewish men and women. And Jesus told them that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the world. And when the Holy Spirit came, the church grew in Jerusalem to around 3,000 people, and it continued to grow daily at an incredible rate. Following this, a great persecution arose against the church in Jerusalem, and the believers were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria, but the church continued to multiply wherever they went. Acts 10 and 11 are huge moments in the growth of the church because for the very first time, the gospel message is going to be shared with the Gentiles and taken to the ends of the earth. And we meet Cornelius, a Roman soldier, a generous man, a man who wants to know God, a man who wants his family to know God. However, he's not saved. He does not know who Jesus really is. He has heard of him, but he doesn't know what Jesus has done for him. But God hears his prayers and tells him to send for Peter. You know, all around us, there are people who are calling out to know who God really is. And God is looking to us to go and tell them. And we find Peter traveling the country. He's visiting Christians and he ends up in Joppa. And at 12 noon, we're told he goes up onto the roof to pray. And this was not a fixed time of prayer that the Jews followed. It was a time to rest but Peter realised the importance of being spiritually fed by going to spend time with God. And despite all that is happening in Peter's life, whether he is travelling around the country to encourage the churches, spending time with his friends, being arrested, going through periods of hunger and fatigue, he takes time out to be with God. For God to use us, we must be willing to stop and pray in the busyness of our lives. And Peter was willing to do that. And then God begins to speak to Peter, preparing him for what he wants him to do next. When we take time out to be with God, you can expect God to begin to speak to you. But before Peter can move on to this next stage in his life, God has something to do in his heart. Now there's an area in Peter's life where he's saying, no, Lord. Now for God to be able to use us, we must have a heart that says, yes, Lord, even when we don't agree with everything he's asking us to do. And God shows him a vision. You know, God was trying to show Peter that he should stop looking at Gentiles as inferior people who cannot be saved. But Peter has a problem with this. He says, surely not, Lord. You know, you're wrong on this one. I know you created the world in seven days. You led the Israelites out of Egypt. But on this matter, you're wrong. But God is so patient with us when we say no to him. I remember getting into an argument with someone once and God's saying to me, you need to apologise. And that's not my fault, I said, that's not happening. I'm not going to apologise. And the next day I went for a walk to pray and I felt God saying the same thing to me, you need to apologise. And my response again was no, Lord. The following day I went to the supermarket and the person who God wanted me to apologise to was behind me in the queue. Immediately in my heart, I said, that is not happening, God. I'm not going to apologise. And God said, don't hesitate. Trust me and apologise. And let's just say God won. And immediately after apologising, I felt free and like I could finally move forward. God had to go through this with Peter three times before he said, yes, Lord. And it's so important that we take the time out to be with God and we allow him to speak into our hearts and show if there's, there's any areas in our lives where we may be saying, no, Lord. 
Thirdly, it's so important that we do not doubt or hesitate when God asks us to do something. You know, God tells Peter to get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate. Do not doubt me. Just go with the men who are waiting for you. I struggle with this and can often hesitate and doubt God and God's plan for my life. You know, two years ago, I was desperate to leave my job. I was applying for jobs that I knew I was qualified to do, but I kept getting rejected. There was one job where I went, um, where I thought, this is it, this is where God wants me. The end of the interview was going well until they mentioned the word role play. And my heart sank. I hate role play. You know, role play is like my kryptonite. And we had to work together to design a new cafe. And in my group, I had a graphic designer and an actor and a teacher. And they were loving it. And I was sitting next to the examiner and she had a clipboard with everyone's name on it. I looked over by everyone's name and she had a list of the contributions they gave towards the role play. But by my name, she had two words, no input. So I decided to say something. And what I said, I had no idea. But what I do know is that it brought the room to an uncomfortable silence. And I glanced, glanced across at the clipboard, saw my name had been crossed out. And I was gutted. And I began to doubt that God had a plan for me. But then out of nowhere, I was invited to a meeting. And at this meeting, I met a woman who then invited me to meet another man, who then invited me to meet the Dean of St. Malitis College, who then invited me to apply for ordination training. And this last year and a half, there have been times on this journey of ordination training where I've wanted to quit, where I've hesitated and doubted that this is what God wants me to do. But I'm learning to hold on and I'm learning to say, yes, Lord, and I'm learning to keep going. And maybe you feel inadequate. Maybe you feel that God cannot possibly use someone like you. But you need to realise that you are a gift from God to this generation. And if God has called you, you can handle whatever comes your way. Or maybe like Peter, you don't see why God would want someone to hear the gospel message. Then ask God to change your heart for those around you. We have to see people how God sees them. You know, it's so important that we stop to pray and when we hear from God, we do not hesitate when he asks us to do something. Peter, he goes downstairs, but instead of just going with the men, we see that even Peter sometimes hesitates. He's beginning to doubt and he questions the men who have arrived. You know, why have you come? What are you doing here? But thankfully, even though Peter struggled and doubted, what God was asking him to do, he eventually went to the home of Cornelius. But this is the key moment for Peter. And what was he going to do? He had a decision to make. Does he enter the house of a Gentile? You know, Jews were strictly prohibited from entering the homes of Gentiles. They would start their day by thanking God that they were not Gentiles. And under no circumstances would they want to help a Gentile. So Peter is at this fork in the road. Does he say, yes, Lord, I will go? Or does he say no, Lord, and turn back? Peter decided to say yes to God and walked into Cornelius' home. And this brings us to the final point, the importance of the gospel. You know, the lesson Peter learned was that this gospel message is for everyone and that everyone needs to hear it. So he tells the family about Jesus and what Jesus has done for them. And he tells them that everyone who believes in Jesus receives forgiveness of sins. And the Holy Spirit came 
And all those in the household open their hearts and let Jesus in. Revelation 3 verses 20 says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens that door, I will come in and eat with that person. God is looking for people who will go and tell them that Jesus is at the door of their hearts wanting to come in. You know, we need to be in certain places because people need us there. And if we don't go, this world has no hope. Now, we are God's plan, but he is looking for people who will stop in the busyness of their day to pray. You know, he's looking for people who will say, yes, Lord, I will go. And he's looking for people who will step out in faith despite the doubts and hesitations. And finally, he's looking for us to take the gospel message to everyone. For David Wilkinson, it started with one person. For Peter, it started with a family. Is there someone God is asking you to talk to about Jesus today?